This is the Blended Creole Podcast, where we discuss two lives, Southern and Haitian roots. Join us as we talk about family, investing, and seeing the world. While learning about how we tackle blending our lives, from our finances and redefining our relationship with debt, to our Insta family. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Jay. And I'm Liz. Welcome to the Blended Creole Podcast. I'm Liz. I'm Jay. And this is episode nine, and we're going to talk about pandemic education. So not education for ourselves, but... Not education for us, education for... Yeah, education. Children's education during the pandemic and how that has caused Liz to go down a mental spiral and and not be able to... (laughs) Not be able to handle herself. It's been it's been a challenging year, Liz. Has it? Let it out. No, you can let it out because clearly, I mean, let it out. This guy. <laughs> All right, so let's do a mental health check as far as parenting during the pandemic because mm. I think oftentimes we do not talk about like our mental health, our mental state, and everything. And like, let's be honest, this pandemic, you should a feel proud of yourself that you've made it this far. Life is not normal. Hopefully, without COVID. Yes, hopefully without COVID. And if you have had COVID, hopefully you are recovered and feeling 100% better. But understanding that, um, yo, this this pandemic has taken a mental toll on everybody, especially if you are a parent. It is not normal to be around your kids as much as you are, Um and honestly taking on the additional responsibilities i think like um virtual learning i mean for all intents and purposes i mean now you are the tech person and now you are the teacher's aide um and it is it's different it just really is different i know there's some arguments out there that you know basically you know parents should kind of not get over it but like you know you guys should just, you want it to be parents, so therefore th- this shouldn't be a big deal, but it, it is a huge deal. It's a huge adjustment to um, juggle work and having kids at home with their education, and we have one at yeah, home. I can imagine anybody with more than one child, um, especially trying to teach trying to teach through, throughout the school year um, with a lot of uh cities and, and counties not being able to make a solid decision on whether kids will be returning to school or will they um, continue just all virtual learning or this uh, makeshift hybrid model that people are adopting where you do two, two, three days online and then two, three days in-person schooling um, as a parent having to deal with that and having to balance that with your work schedule. Um, I'm sure it can be challenging, has been a challenge for, for us all. Um, so yeah, mentally, how are you dealing with it? Uh, I think as best as I can. I think there's some days that are mentally exhausting, uh, where honestly I don't feel like doing much of anything. But you have to kind of push through it. Honestly, I think getting back into working full time is the greater challenge that I'm facing. Um, but I mean, all in all, I think. Now that we can see that we've done okay with the schooling option that we chose, I feel a lot better. I think before I felt really unsure because we're not teachers. So, I mean, I think for both of us, there were moments where we felt like, oh, gosh, we must be 
she must be behind or something must maybe he's not like where he should be all the worries that I think every parent is experiencing um with kind of the newer schooling educational models of is your child really learning something are they on grade level um and honestly the worry of what happens next so once they go back to school full time you know was enough done during the past year and a half really because school shut down you know a year and a half ago um that or a year ago it'll be like a year and a half once the school year is complete that um you know not wanting your child to fall behind and all those things um so i think that that can honestly just be mentally taxing how have you been since you you moved home and had to be professor Jay. Um initially it was it was an adjustment, right? It was um it was having to do with constantly nine to five. I I've been saying this since I've had to be put in that hot seat, but teachers definitely don't get paid enough. I could imagine having um fifteen children in a classroom and trying to and That's trying small. to te- teach a subject. Um God forbid twenty, thirty kids in a classroom trying to teach a subject. Um with the, the especially with certain kids' personalities. Um, it's, it's, it was challenging, but thankfully, um, the, my work situation initially, uh, was, was a godsend, right? Just being able to be home for, um, take a night, three, four month break and not have to do anything before I went back to my, to my, before I went back to work full time. Um, so it was adjustment period. And like you said, if we were teaching him properly, if, um, if he was falling behind based off the, based off the things we were teaching him, how we were teaching him. Um, and not having, you know, ha- not having the counsel of a teacher to to actually monitor his progress and see um, where 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 he is exactly on certain subjects. Um, and when we say counsel, you'll hear why. So we do have access to teachers. It's just not traditional. Yeah. Um, and then the feedback wasn't wasn't really great. Um, Very generic. So you know, you're not. It, all 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 those things is causing a little confusion and plus it having to do it day to day um day in and day out and us being not not being professional teachers i'm sure there are techniques that are taught to teachers that we clearly don't have um and how we deal with certain things and and just being a frustrated parent at times with with a kid that's not doing what you you know we learned a lot so we decided to very early on jump ship from the public education that we have available to us here. And we put C in an online private school. Uh, do you want to talk about why? Why did we make that decision, Jay? Uh, why did we make the decision? I'm guessing we made it simply. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't. I forgot why we made it. I think it was because the, the county we live in just um, wasn't giving us the warm and fuzzy about how they would transition back into um into school you know initially they you know during the town hall meetings we would sit in them and nobody would really make a decision um and he just kept waiting till last minute kept waiting till last minute and too much uncertainty we had I felt to, like too much uncertainty and i think we just had the foresight to say you know what they don't they really don't they freestyling every every time they come to this <laughs> uh town hall meeting um so let's let's just go ahead and find an online school that's relatively um inexpensive but it's one that had the experience of teaching online um the issue with a lot of these counties is that you know they were trying to usher in a whole new um curriculum a whole new program with 
week's timing. Um, they probably should have planned it a lot better and, and they planned for a lot longer. Um, but, you know, we've seen the remnants of it now where you see on the news all the time that, you know, kids aren't, uh, they aren't adapting well to this whole hybrid model that some, that some of these uh, counties have put in place. Some counties have started hybrid model and then turned around and had to go to back to online and turned around and tried to go to hybrid again. Um, thankfully, now with the vaccine, things seem to be um, clearing up a little bit or decision makers are just making or just making a decision and just sticking with it. But um, prior to that, you know, the decision just wasn't being made. Yeah. So I think for us, it was it came down to there was too much uncertainty um, and with two working parents i mean we needed to know what was going what the year was going to look like um and especially given how disruptive the school year ended last year last school year we wanted to have some sort of plan in place that there would be a level of consistency for C. Because I think that's one of the things during this pandemic that's super critical is some sort of consistency and so i was never a huge fan of we're going to hybrid and i think initially it was in-person, hybrid, and online learning. And I think for us, C chose that he wanted to do online learning with the with public schools because he felt like, oh, if I go back to school and I can't talk to my friends, I can't be around them, then what's the point of going to do in-person learning? It's not going to be the same. It's going to be really awkward. So I think we were on board for that. And then I think the school rolled out their plan for in-person or hybrid learning and it was basically like an eight to four schedule of kind of you know we're in classrooms we're in small groups we're taking a break a lunch break we're taking like and you know for me mentally um one I think issue I personally had with the the online learning from the schools is that the attempt to make online learning adhere to the same schedule as in-person learning, understanding that, okay, they were trying to do that because whoever was teaching in person was also teaching kids online. Um, It just, it doesn't, it didn't work for us because I think where the school was asking parents to be flexible and adaptable, I mean, who can sit with their kids from eight to four o'clock on a regular school schedule and, you know, I don't need you to give my child a recess. They can have recess after all the lessons are taught in between. So we wanted the flexibility of online learning that we could do at our own pace. And that's exactly what we got with the online private school. Um, and so we went with uh, a program called K-12. Um, a and very reputable program. It's been around for, for yeah. been doing the, the online learning model for years. And so I would... I would honestly equate it to just like a fancier homeschool program in the sense that it does require um, a lot more participation from parents. If you have younger kids, I think if your kids are older, they may be able to do kind of the self-paced. So middle school, high school kids, they will probably be perfectly fine through this. I think C is coming into his own now where he can do some of his classes on his own but at the beginning it was an adjustment i mean i would disagree i would i would say strictly high school because even middle school i don't you know i think the entire uh everybody's going to feel the effects of um especially next year when people go back to school the effects of um exactly how much students learned from um learned from this 
this education model. Um, and, and, it, and even when you say high school, it's really going to depend on the maturity level of the high school student. Yeah. Um, this this has forced individuals to, you know, to see if their kids are, are self-driven as far as education or not. Um, and I think we're just going to feel the remnants of that. I just don't, you know, having having to, to teach, to having kids to teach themselves, um, it's, it's difficult. Um, it's difficult to have adults teach themselves, um, let yeah. alone kids. So, you know, we'll, we'll be we'll see how this pans out. Um, but you were saying, sorry, cut you off. Oh, you're fine. Um, so essentially the way his online private school works is um, he's enrolled in all the different classes that he has. They basically have online modules that they have created for each lesson. Um, and basically he has to just go through them. Um, and the nice thing about this particular program is even though it's, it is almost a fancier homeschool setup where you have everything kind of given to you, there are tons of resources. So he has class connect sessions, which are live classes that reiterate, um, and reinforce whatever lessons that he's learning. So they'll go over some of the main lessons, um, and that's an opportunity for him to interact with other kids, with a teacher uh, who is then kind of reinforcing uh, if he learned about decimals. Okay, now this teacher is like found some online game or something to kind of, you know, reteach what he's learned. Um, but what we liked about this particular program is it's self-paced. So we can do as many lessons or as few lessons as we want, as long as we're staying somewhere on track. And so for us, the way that has been extremely helpful is we can do classes on the weekend, we can work around our schedule. Um, and we really took a lot of time, I think at the beginning, to kind of power through a lot of the classes so that way we're ahead. Um, which is really important for us now as we both go back to work full time. And it was definitely important at the time, you know, we were um, still in the process of renovating the property and having to make uh, very frequent trips back and forth um, about an hour and a half away to Baltimore just to um, drive up and check on the property. So him being able to do, do school and take classes at, on, in the backseat of the vehicle, um, as long as we have internet access, to get, put a hotspot on and, and, and have him take whatever class he need and just come back and, and do his homework. Um, but I think we finally got into a rhythm, let's say four months into the year where yeah. you know, we would do work and then he would have homework at a certain time. Um, so just creating, just creating that stability within the schedule that we were, that we were given um, it was very, very helpful. And uh, yeah, and I think that's the way that we choose to kind of teach with the K-12 model is that throughout the lessons, there's work, like basically homework. Um, and so they send you everything you need. So with the exception of probably some things for art and science, uh, they pretty much, they send you all the books that he'll need through the school year, um, art supplies, so paint, things like that, um, different uh, parts of um, some of the science experiments were included. But the biggest thing was all the books he needed through the year. So workbooks, the primary um, reading books and any additional reading books that he's needed, that was all provided to us. Um, and so 
what we choose, we decided to do as Jay talked about was, you know, we essentially will go through the lessons with him and we'll hold the homework until the end of the day. And what that allows us to do is now he has basically a block of time where it's time for him to do homework where he's learned the lesson, but now this block of time, if I need to go make calls for work or if I need to do other stuff, we have this time where it's not interrupted of like 30 or 40 minutes of, oh, I get a window of time to do something because he's doing homework. Now it's a a solid block of time where he's independently learning. Um, So I think we we honestly really have enjoyed the flexibility. Um, What's been the best part of choosing this model the best part um i think the best part has been that he hasn't had to deal with the inconsistency of um the 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 county schools or the public schools um and another good part is is seeing him seeing at what parts exactly or what parts of school he excels in um so getting a you get a, a more bird's eye view of exactly um how he learns um how he takes in information, um, what parts of, you know, what, what parts specifically in education he needs help with, um, what, what, what subjects he can, he can go ahead and, and he can teach himself and what subjects he definitely needs some hand holding. Um, I think you don't get that in the classroom environment. Um, you're, you're anticipating that a teacher would be able to, to give that information to you. Um, but you know, teachers are humans too, so they may not give attention to, certain kids for whatever reason well, um, i've got 30 kids that's a lot yeah to... and then i'm sure there'll be one or two to three kids in that classroom that i suck up most of your attention but being able to you know now we can go to oh uh, you could visit a school and be able to pinpoint exactly um his strengths and weaknesses when it comes to education i think that's probably been the best part of it seeing um seeing firsthand exactly how he learns and how he picks up you know, picks up on information i don't think you would you would be able to get that if you know if you were just sending him to school and just coming back with a progress report or a report card <laughs> no what do, for you what do you think the best part has been uh seeing him grow i think you know as a parent it's rare to be able to see um i mean sometimes you know you have a really great teacher and you can tell that your child has changed based upon you know the educator that they're working with um and sometimes you just don't understand what exactly is so special about that particular teacher. And I think there's some teachers that, that honestly just have a gift of tapping into connecting with their students to make sure each student is learning in the best way that they receive um, and understand information. And I think for us to get a glimpse of that, I think A, it gave me a new appreciation of teachers. I mean, like Jay was saying, they don't get paid enough um, at all. But I think also being able to see C grow through this pandemic. So, I mean, I think we started off and kind of, you know, the way K-12 is kind of built is like, oh, it's kind of self-study. You know, the amount of time required for a parent is, you know, slowly like decreases as a child furthers in their education. Um, And I don't think we anticipated having to be as hands-on as we have, but now seeing him be at a place where he's like, okay, I can do this lesson by myself, or I got this lesson, or I'll come talk to you when I need help. um, is super interesting. And to see that he's not just saying that because he doesn't want us around, but he's saying it because he's figured out how best to, uh, 
do the online learning um, and he's actually retaining the information, which was, I think, my biggest concern is how much of this is he retaining? Um, and honestly, being a little nervous that, you know, did we make the best decision when it comes back to integrating him into school next year? Um, challenges about this online shenanigans? Challenging is, the, I mean, initially, the, the initial challenges was uh, determining whether we were doing it right, right? Um, you know, I know, you know, we would speak to teachers in the family and just be like, you know, is, does this make sense the way he's, he's, uh, reacting? Are we too hard on him? Should we, you know, put our foot on the gas? Should we take it off a little bit as far as, um, how we're teaching him? I know, um, I know one of your critique of mine was that, you know, he's, you know, I'm trying to get too detailed into certain subjects. So just understanding exactly how far to go or how, how, you know, how much they're, uh, managing expectations of how much um he should know already or um and taking for granted um taking for granted that he understood exactly what he learned in the years past right um assuming that you know because he did um certain parts of math that you know he retained it and going forward um like i said those, those were those were challenges and 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 not forgetting that like part of the school year was just like tanked yeah so like there was stuff that he was getting to for third grade and they didn't go over. They didn't get to because it wasn't like the last part or the last few months of third grade that teachers had a plan. I mean, it was a lot of kind of like everyone's coping with COVID. So let's just just read 30 minutes. It wasn't. And I mean, we were super active at that point. I think uh, once we realized the school year was done, um, uh, taking time to look to see what was left in his curriculum that needed to be covered and finding online resources to try to go over and try to teach what we could um, because we didn't want him to fall behind. Um, and it was drastic just to like go to school one day and then all of a sudden the next week, you know, no, you're just no driving school. around to pick up your stuff. Um uh, this pandemic is kind of terrible. <laughs> You're gonna play. You gotta take the blessings when they come, right? It was. It's been. It's been some good to it too. Being able to spend time with, just spend time and be around family. So that's a, you know, you. That's time you put. You wouldn't. Have, you wouldn't. We wouldn't have got to see him. So you gotta take the good with the bad. Definitely. Um. And with that, even though we have done this online learning. Um, we recognize it's not sustainable for the next year. Um, and so if you tuned into our um, monthly accountability, you've heard that we have decided to enroll C into private school next year. So what's that about? I mean, it just, we wouldn't be able to sustain it. We could, I don't think we can sustain another year of um, what we've been doing. Um, I think the stars aligned with us. We were able to, I was able to have the first, you know, three, four months of the year um, back here and not have to not have any uh, work obligations. Um, but now that, you know, we're back to work full time and um, things and things are in full swing, um, you wouldn't be able to, there's no way we'd be able to um, do what we did and sustain it and, and be as successful as we have been. So we decided to go ahead and enroll, in, enroll into a private school. 
I think socially as well, I mean, it's nice having C around and I'm sure like, you know, he's really resilient. And so he's he's had a, a pretty good attitude about being home. We haven't had any issues in terms of him, you know, not being able to kind of cope with the pandemic. I think there's some kids out there and I've heard it from coworkers, peers, um, you know, others who their kids are not coping well with this drastic change and what the pandemic has um, kind of put on their plate as kids. Uh, so I think for us, though, it's, look, he needs to be around kids' age, interaction with other adults. And so we did choose a private school that has successfully operated throughout the pandemic. So they never shut down. Um, they were able to sustain um, and meet the requirements of the state to reopen and be considered um, kind of emergency child care, an emergency or essential business. And so with that, um, they have the flexibility to remain open when other places are being forced to or were for, forced to shut down. Um, and I mean... Look, they're doing hospital-grade cleaning. Kids are wearing masks in the classrooms. The classrooms are small, so no more than, I think, 16 students in a classroom um, properly separated. I think, again, this is another decision that comes down to who has already proven that they know how to do something. And so far, the public schools in our area, no one has really proven that they are capable of doing in-person learning five days a week just yet. And I think they're going to get there. I just think for us, we don't want that to be at the expense of, you know, seize education and having instability. Um, I think, honestly, if you can't afford it um, as as a parent, I think right now is the most critical time to provide some level of stability with their education if you can um so speaking of affording it how do we how are we going around to pay for pay for private, private school, school. Now? so to start um we found a private school that's uh twenty thousand dollars which it is a lot of money but compared to other private schools in this area that run at least forty thousand twenty thousand dollars is a, for us reasonably priced um, but with that, uh, and you guys know we are on a journey to be debt free. We wanted to minimize the impact of us paying off debt. Um, and with some research, realized that we are able to take money out of his uh, college savings fund, so his five twenty nine, um, ten thousand dollars to use towards, um secondary education and so essentially for a while I've been taking the money that I was getting for child support and just automatically putting that into his 529 um I think and so he has a a decent amount put in there um but it was a calculated move I don't recommend it for every parent um but for us it made sense because of the educational benefits that C gets with uh, Jay qualifying for disability. Um, and so now that we know there's the potential that his college education is paid for if he chooses to stay within whatever state that we have residency, um, we felt like 
taking out 10k it was okay for us so again i say it's not it may not be the best move maybe you don't want to take out the full 10k and that's the max you could take out each year um towards secondary education um and again the catch with that is it can only be used for tuition so i think this rule changed in 2017 um that you can take the money out and then you'll basically claim it on your taxes for that year uh that you took that 529 out uh and you have to show proof that it was used for tuition. So it can't be used for any technology fees, any sort of extracurricular fees, anything associated with books or supplies needed for education. But if you can prove that it's for a tuition, then use that. Um, I think so the reasoning behind using it was simply because uh, the military benefit that comes with um, me almost being retired, just being able to um, being able to pay for uh, the college education. You know, any dependence college education for free as long as, you know, as long as they choose uh, a, a institution within the state. So, um, you know, now it'll be later on forcing him to choose something somewhere somewhere in Virginia to go to college if he decides to go to college. But, um, you know, just a way in the pros and cons of it and and having still dealing with the issues that some of the counties are dealing with with a hybrid model and, and still being unsure of, the, of next year. Um, we decided private school was the best and, and this was the, the best way to, to pay for it and minimize the blow on um, on our budget and our, and our debt-free journey. Yeah, and I think like we're not, we're not the only parents kind of seeing the uncertainty and not willing to kind of wager a bet for the next year because every school that we talked to, I mean, they were talking about how quickly all their classes had filled up with students um, and the demand, they were seeing a far greater demand from parents for the next three years enrollment. And I think a huge part of that is parents at this point, they, we need, um, we need the stability too, in terms of being able to work full time and have that balance in your household that used to exist, that Parents, more parents are being willing to figure out how they can pay for private school um, at this point. So that's basically kind of where we're at. C's excited about it. We are super excited about it. Um, can't wait for the new year to start. I mean, honestly, um, I think it's, it'd be good to for him to get back into a classroom with other kids, um, be able to interact with other kids and, and stop being around. I know he's tired of being around us. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's open. I mean, he's asked to go to away camp. <laughs> he's, he's so ready to be doing something else. But I think the good thing, too, that came of enrolling him in the private school was um, he did have to take um, kind of like a, an assessment test, um, which for us, I think, helped us confirm that, okay, we were on track and we were actually probably doing ahead of schedule we're ahead of schedule with him um so much so that the school he's enrolled in does um basically advanced classes so you know he's going into fifth grade but they teach either fifth or kids fifth slash like sixth grade curriculum so the kids that are more advanced start to learn things that are taught in sixth grade and see it seems like easily qualified for that which was you know nice to hear that he's not only on grade level but that you know based upon their assessment that he is above grade level um and so you know we're super proud of him super excited 
to see him thrive, um, but also go to a school that um, gave us, I think, a really open assessment that there's some tricks and things that he needs to learn to get up to speed in certain areas. He knows certain concepts, um, but he has to pay attention to detail, which is something that we, I think we struggled with, Mm -hmm. with him. Um, How do we get him to pay attention to detail? And just in that short assessment, we were able to get feedback on like, try doing this, try doing that. So it's, I think it's a relief. Tips and tricks that only teachers know uh, and that you'll only be taught if you're a teacher, which we are not and that we don't claim to be. Um, So we definitely, you know, just just getting that those highlights and um, those tidbits, we, we know we probably made the right decision, and being able to put him somewhere that that can um, enhance those qualities that he's not getting from us. You know, he, honestly, he's getting the not necessarily the bare minimum, just the minimum of um, the, the education that we got essentially. Um, <laughs> and so, we're learning some things with him, like the way they do division and multiplication. I mean, it's some just new totally age stuff. different than, than the way we use it. In my opinion, much, much, much more difficult, um, especially when we teach him the, the way we, we learned it. And he's like, Yo, why, why are we not doing it this way? But, you know, if that's the curriculum, that's how they teach him. Um, then he has to adapt to that as well. So, um, yeah, so we definitely look forward to being around some professional teachers. Right. Um, and professional teachers who are going to have the attention span to help him. I think that's probably another thing we'll see with public schools going back into um, like in-person learning is that they're not only going to have to cope with now adjusting to in-person learning, but how do they account for the 30 plus kids that they have in their classroom who are all gonna be at various- Different levels. Levels. And you know, we were, you know public schools were infamous for just you know push, pushing kids, kids through, right? And um, I know it was like that when, uh, well, I've read that it's like that where you just, you know, just graduating, get graduating kids. So just knowing that he, just, just knowing that he's at the level he should be um, and, if not higher, then, you know, and he'll be able to maintain that is. And he'll have the individual attention um, from teachers who, because he's in smaller classes that will be able to take the time to ensure that he stays where he's at or he continues to improve is a benefit. I think that we're, I'm excited about seeing with, you know, the cost and expense with private school. So, yeah. So, I mean, unfortunately the pandemic did derail a lot of things. Um, and like most families and American people, we had to, most people, we had to adjust. Um, and this would be another adjustment going from the pandemic back to normal life. And, um, we just, is just a small step. In new normal. New normal and just a, a small step or a small strategy in doing that. Um, so if you do have those five two nines available for your kids, um, you know, it's an option. Um, you know, I don't take for granted that we have the opportunity to, we already have the opportunity to pay for college now. Um, so I don't take that for granted and we don't take that for granted and we don't think everybody has access to do that. But um, the 529 is an option if, you know, this upcoming year, some things you're not sure about or you want to get your kid back on track education wise. Um, if you feel like they fell off track this with with this um, unpredictable year. So um, it's something to something to consider. Yeah, with that, um, you know. That's our story about pandemic education and how it's things have impacted us during this this time period. And so pay teachers more. Yeah, definitely. We need some. I don't know who we can 
be an advocate for, but I mean, nationally, there needs to be a, a, a great increase between teachers and healthcare our workers. healthcare workers. You know, people need, you know, to start to receive the money that they definitely deserve for playing such a vital and critical role within our communities. So, so with that said, uh, thanks for tuning in this week and we're looking forward to talking to you, uh, during the next episode. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Blended Creole Podcast. Always remember to stay firmly rooted in faith and dream as if you will live forever and live as if you will die tomorrow. Thank you for listening and don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere else you enjoy listening to podcasts. Tune in next week to hear more.